we're good, we're good. Hey, hey, how are we doing? Good. Good to see you guys' beautiful faces this morning. It's a wonderful day outside. God's blessed us with some great weather, and uh, it's been a great church service so far, hasn't it? It's always amazing the ways in which God meets with us, and, and uh, hopefully in these next few moments as we look into Scripture, um, He will meet us there too. Not hopefully, I know, I know He will, because that's where He always does, amen. Um, I've been, you know, kind of just pondering a little bit lately, just the story of Daniel. Daniel. And, um, you know, Bradley had mentioned Esther last week, and, and kind of, in my mind, I kind of think of Daniel as like uh, the male counterpart to Esther. You know, Esther was, was a, a Jewish gal in a foreign land set, that, was, that was standing up for what was right in her time, um, and God rewarded her greatly because of that. And Daniel is, has a very similar story, a very similar plot line. So I've been thinking about the story of Daniel, and, and honestly, Daniel's probably one of my top five favorite books in the Bible. I mean, honestly, if you want to, we could go to coffee sometime and we could talk about it for a couple hours about all the great things in Daniel and just, just who he was. And this, the, it's a really, really awesome story. Um, but I'm not going to talk about all, all 12 chapters of it today. Uh, we're only going to zero in on one chapter today. So if you have your Bibles, we can turn to Daniel chapter 6. Um, but we are going to be char- starting ch- six chapters in, so I will kind of catch you up to speed if you've never read the book of Daniel. Daniel is a, a prophet of God. Uh, Daniel was a, a, a child of Israel in exile um, in the kingdom of Babylon. And Daniel had some really um, cool gifts. He had some really cool gifts. And where we pick up in chapter 6, he is uh, it, it, in the kingdom of Babylon. There was a lot of um, turnover of like rulers and whatnot. Um, like literally in, Chin, in Daniel chapter 5, right before this, the previous ruler, the Bible just says, um, and Belshazzar was slain. Just what it says. It didn't say like how he was killed, but it, I guess it was just a common thing back then for people just to be randomly killed and assassinated just like that. But there's another ruler. It starts in Daniel chapter 6 and is King Darius. And Daniel is kind of like, um, if you guys know the story of Joseph, he's kind of a similar position to Joseph as well, where he is not the main, he's not the main guy, but he's kind of like the second in command. Kind of think about it in our terms. He wouldn't be the president, but he'd be like the the. Um, Secretary of State or something like that, right? He's, he's up there. He's in the cabinet. He's, he's, he's in the clan, but he's not necessarily the, the head honcho. But it's a very peculiar thing because, as I already said, he's not a full-on Babylonian. It would be like somebody from a foreign country coming over here and becoming part of our you know, cabinet and whatnot. We, that would seem weird to us, right, because they're not American, right? So for him, it was a very uh, interesting character. He had worked his way up in the government being a foreigner. And there was a reason for that, because the Bible talks about just how great of a person he was, and he did the right things. And so, with that being said, the, the first verse I want to key on here this morning is Daniel chapter 6, verse 4. Um, really, in this, in this time, uh, they divide up the kingdom of Darius into uh, 120 sectors, basically 120, you could say, states, kind of to use it in our terms, 120 states. And they, these states were divided uh, amongst Daniel and, and several others to be rulers over and these other guys, they didn't like Daniel. How many of you have ever had those jealous co-workers? Anybody? Jealous co-workers? Maybe you don't. I don't know. I guess I'm the only one, right? Uh, basically, 
you know, you have those people that get, that get after you at work, and they're always just trying to, you ever had somebody that's just, they're trying to suck up to the boss and make you look bad, you know, those kinds of people? Well, Daniel had those kind of co-workers around him, and they didn't like him because Daniel was really good at his job. He was really good at his job, so much so, as I already said, he was a foreigner that had been promoted all the way to second in command. And so these guys are like, we've got to get him. We've got to get him, like, uh, like in Spider-Man, where he's like, I want a picture of Spider-Man with his hand in a cookie jar, right? They want a picture of Daniel with his hand in a cookie jar. And they're like, what can we do? What can we do? Well, he's not bad at his job, so there's nothing we can do there. They figured out um, later on that they could, they could criticize him for his religion. But I want to zero in on Daniel 6, 4 right here. This is just an amazing verse. This is really where I want to start off here today, because I believe there's a lot that we can learn from Daniel. The Bible says this, then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn him. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. This description of Daniel reminds me of the description that the Bible gives of Joseph in Luke chapter 2, that Joseph was a man full of complete integrity. The way that the Bible describes Daniel here is that he was always responsible, faithful, um, and he was completely trustworthy. And I was just thinking about this. I was thinking about Daniel, and I was thinking about this situation. Because if you really ponder it for a minute, it is a strange thing that he could go into a land where he is not truly a citizen and could work his way up to this point. So what was it about Daniel that really brought him to this spot? What was it about him that made him to where he could get into this point of second command? What was it about him? What was that specific mark? I think the Bible here gives us a very, very a good picture of what this is here. And in one word, I want to summarize it as this. It's character. It was Daniel's character that elevated him to where he was at, right? It was his character. And character is one of these things in our country nowadays that isn't necessarily on our highest on our totem pole of, as far as attributes that we should have. But how many of you know that character matters? How many of you know that, that we should demand character, not just from ourselves, but from people in leadership? We should demand character uh, from our own lives, right? That is something that should set us apart as Christians, as people of God. We should be people of character, people that when they, people look at us, the, the same things they say about Daniel should be the things that they say about us. What I mentioned about Joseph, that a man of complete integrity, those are the things that should be said about us, that we are responsible, trustworthy, that we are faithful, right? That we are there for people, that we have good character, all right? And I'm not here this morning to lecture anybody on how you act, but the point of what I'm trying to make is that what does the Bible say? Jesus said that you should let your light so shine before men, so what? So they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the giant hypocrisy of the church, and this is why we see many people in our culture turning away from God because the people they see that are supposed to be representing God represent anything but God because the character that they have is gone. They see the church completely absent of character. They see the church talking about righteousness, but on the inside, the character that we show outside, completely flawed. We're living like the world, right? People see us talking and preaching one thing and then acting another, right? And this isn't some newfound revelation. I believe this has been something that's been happening for a very, very long time. And as a church, if we want to see more people come to Christ, if we want to see more people see the glory of God in our life, then we have to be people that say, I want to live with character. 
I want to live like Jesus. Not just talk about Jesus, not just say Christian things and, and act like a Christian, but to really be Christian, to really be a Christ follower. Amen? Amen. That's what it means to be Christian. You know, when, when they coined the name Christian, it literally meant little Christ. We're to be little Christ everywhere we go. So when you're at Walmart in the, in the checkout boy, or the story that Pastor Bradley uh, used about he was getting his meat at Hy-Vee and the person cut in front of him, we are to be little Christ, right? And not to pick on Pastor Bradley, we've all been there, right? We've all been in those instances where the, where the people around us, where we have the choice of how are we going to act? How are we going to be? And here's the cool thing, right? I don't believe in prosperity gospel and the fact that God is going to rain down blessings of financial and materialistic prosperity on you just because you name it and claim it, blab it, and grab it, right? I don't believe that because we live normal life, right? But I do believe that the principles of the Bible... I do believe that the principles of Jesus, I do believe that when you live out the principles of the kingdom of God, living an honest and truthful, loving and selfless life, it does lead to prosperity in your life. It does lead to better outcomes in your life. It leads to tangible, measurable outcomes in your life. How much better, how many more promotions like Daniel would you get at your job if you stopped lying and complaining and whining and you started being more honest trustworthy, faithful, and reliable, right? If we take kingdom principles and apply them to our life, if we show the character of God in our workplace, and our life, the quality of our life will be better because it's God's way, not our way. Our way is sinful. Our way is to, to, to gripe and moan and complain all the time. God's way is to be, have good character, is to be honest and, trans, and transparent and straightforward with people, Right? That's God's way. And Daniel lived by God's way. And so he grew to be this mighty servant in the kingdom. He grew to be a mighty servant in the kingdom. And so they couldn't find anything wrong with Daniel. They couldn't find any faults in him uh, or his character. And so what was, the, what was his hand in the cookie jar moment? They knew that Daniel was devout. Devout. What do you think of when you think of that word devout? Discipline, right? He stuck to his guns. But particularly in this instance, he was devout with his religious practice. He was devout to God. He was, he was all in, all in on the table. He, he was all in on what God had for him, right? And so what they found is that this was, this was their moment. This is how they were going to trap him, right? The Bible says that they, could, they were going to be able to get him by the rules of his religion. And so what, they, what the guys did is they, this is just all really long, which is why I didn't, I'm not reading all of it. I'm just going to give you the, the Walker McCown version, but please go read Daniel chapter 6 on your own time. But they go to the king, and they say, hey man, you're the best. You're the best king there's ever been, right? You should write a law that for the next 30 days, nobody can pray to any god or any statue or any human other than you. And he says, you know what? Sounds like a pretty good idea, guys. He's like, you're on to something, right? They, they're, they're, they're schmoozing him, talking, oh, you're so great. You should, you should write this law. And I don't know why this is. I, I don't, this doesn't make any sense to me, but I guess the same king who writes the law, according to Babylonian law, can't take the law back. So once it's written, it's done, right? You can't, he can't revoke it. And so they bamboozle him into signing this paper that basically would get Daniel in deep trouble. It would get Daniel in deep trouble because Daniel was a devout man of God. He was, he was not going to turn back on his principles. He was not going to subject to this ruling. And so what does the Bible say in D Daniel chapter 6.10? Let's go to the next one here. The Bible says, when Daniel learned the law had been signed, notice that, 
when Daniel learned the law had been signed, he heard the news. He heard that they played this trick on him. He heard that he was not supposed to worship God anymore. He heard that he was supposed to bow down to the rule. He heard that he was supposed to reject God and worship these false idols. But what did he do? He went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its window open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he has always done, giving thanks to his God. Amazing. Amazing. When Daniel knew that he was supposed to reject God and worship these other things, whenever this commandment had come against him, whenever this this attack, this conspiracy had come against him, he said, no, no, no. I am not giving in. I am not, I am not rejecting my faith. I am not surrendering to all this nonsense that they want me to do. I'm going to go do what I normally do. And that's pray three times a day. I'm going to go continue with my religious practice. And I just think, how does this apply to us? How does this go into our lives? I just think to myself, man, we don't have, in this country, we, yes, we have freedom of religion, which I am very, very much for. And I love that. I love that we can worship here this morning. We have no fear that anybody's going to come and, and, and uh, you know, murder us or anything crazy like that, right? Thank God for that. We don't have anybody in this country that's signing written decrees that, you know, that we have to go and worship this God or else, right? That's amazing for that. But it's a much more hidden than that. We have all these different attacks in, the, in our lives, in our country, in our society nowadays, all of these things that are pulling us to say, hey, reject God. Come worship this. Come bow down at this altar. Come pray to this. Come do this. Come do that. There are all sorts of different things that are, that are, that are yearning for our service and our worship. As Bob Dylan said, you're going to serve somebody. It might be the devil and it might be the Lord, but you're going to serve somebody, right? And we have all sorts of different things that are pulling, that are vying for our attention. Hey, come over here and worship me. Hey, come serve me. Hey, come give your time and effort to me. Come do this. Come do that, right? We have all these different things that are pulling towards us. We are tempted to serve the gods of money. We're tempted to serve the gods of sex. We're tempted to serve the gods of comfort. We're tempted to serve the gods of fear. We're tempted to serve the gods of busyness, right? We are tempted to serve the gods, this might get some people uh, a little rattled, of empire. How many of you know that America has just as much, if not more power, than what Babylon did, right? And we have been lulled into this nice trance of Americanism, of, you know, we just, we just love everything about America, Right? But what is, what, if you really think about what America is, what America preaches, and I'm not talking about the country, the government, I'm talking about the culture that we have here in America, right? It's all focused on those things I just previously mentioned, right? Money, comfort. It's my money. I want it now. I want what I want now. It's very selfish focus. It's very inward focus. It's very focused on what I can get, how I can get it, when I can get it, where I can get it, as soon as I can get it, Right? Amazon, not three-day shipping, next-day shipping, right? That's what we want. That's just a silly example, but that's the kind of life that we live. And so what I'm trying to get you all to see this morning is that we have so many things in our culture nowadays that are, that are begging for our attention. They're begging for our attention. A really big one that I didn't even mention that, that is a God that is, that is asking for our attention, that's asking for our worship, is hatred. It's hatred. How many of you have ever just been walking around and you just, you just come to this self-aware moment and you just realize, I'm so mad right now. You ever done that? You're just walking around, I'm just so mad right now. I don't even know how I got here, but one thing after another, I'm just so mad right now. You ever been there? 
Once again, I, I feel like I, this is just a theme. I just keep, I feel like it comes up in every message I've been preaching lately. But the devil will not come to you in these giant horns and a pitchfork like, hey, serve me, right? No, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen like that, okay? It's very subtle. It's very sneaky. It's the way that the serpent came to Adam and Eve in the garden. He slithered up to him, right? Very sneaky. Hey, hey, did God really say that? Hey, what, is that what he said, right? Very sneaky. Sneaking up to us. And it's the same thing here. These gods, the temptations that we are faced with nowadays are not a broad decree to the land, but it comes in the form of little messages we get on our phones or on television or just the things that come in and out of our life, the conversations that we have with people, right? There's always temptations to serve other things, right? Always temptations to serve other things. We've got to be different. We've got to be different. Daniel, earlier on in the book of Daniel, this is just a side thing, but just talking about being different, there's a thing called the Daniel fast. You might have heard of it. It's like a, it's like a diet, basically. Because in the book of Daniel, just to be different, because he felt like that's what God was calling him to do, all the other men were eating meat and, uh, and like, just like gorging themselves day after day. And Daniel chose to eat only vegetables. Gone vegan, I guess, the first one. And, uh, and he decided that he was going to eat on this diet. And God blessed him because of that. God, he was actually the strongest soldier, the Bible says, that he was the strongest warrior that they had. And so the point I'm making with this very small side, side story is this, is that we think, oh, if I reject all of these things, you know, I'm, maybe people will make fun of me, or maybe you know, if I try to live differently for God, maybe you know, my quality of life will go down. I don't know, whatever you're worried about, right? But I believe that God blesses us when we live by his principles. Amen? Do we believe that or not? I mean, I really believe that. I believe that. I don't know if you believe it, but I believe that when we choose to live by God's way and not our way, he blesses that. That there is, like I said earlier, prosperity, not in the sense of materialistic, stupid stuff, but in peace in your heart and a better life, a better quality of life. I believe that as we live by these principles and seek to live in his, uh, in his ways, that God rewards that. And so don't bow. Don't bow. We have a really good song. I can't think of the name of it. I couldn't, have, I couldn't think of the name of it earlier when I was preparing. Um, but like, maybe you guys could help me. It's like the, 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 the bridge goes like, I won't bow to idols. And then that's the only, that's the only thing I remember. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Maybe they'll remember it later. You know what I'm talking about? Champion. Champion. No. No, it's a different one. It's newer though. Christ be magnified. Yeah, it says, uh, I won't bow to idols. And then it just goes into a bunch of other really good lyrics. But that, every, time, every, time that, every time we sing that song and that comes up, I'm like, man, absolutely right. We cannot bow to idols. We must not bow to idols, right? We need to analyze our lives and say, hey, what are the areas, God, in which I have been, I have been retracting my focus and time from your kingdom to my kingdom, right? What are those things? Where are the areas where I've been shifting my focus and then we just repent. We turn back towards God and ask him uh, to help us to do better next time. So anyways, Daniel doesn't give in. He doesn't give in. And uh, this is the part of the story where if you went to Sunday school or whatever, you probably know this part very familiarly. Familiar. It's very, probably very familiar to you. Sorry, words are hard. And this is the part of the story. It's always just really cool, right? Exactly what happens. So Daniel is um, found guilty of this decree. The king doesn't like it. The king has a moment in his head where he's like, man, is there any way, is there any loophole I can get around this? But there's not, because I guess the same guy who wrote the law can't take it back, whatever, right? So he is 
set to where Daniel has to be put into the lion's den. He is found guilty for worshiping God. And so he is sentenced essentially to death uh, by lion devouring, which I don't know. It's a very interesting form of of capital punishment. But um, nevertheless, that's what they did. And it's a very interesting line that the Bible says. Right before he puts him into the um, lion's den, the king Darius looks at him and he says, Daniel, may your God who you pray to every day look after you. Because he doesn't like, it's just weird. I don't know if he's actually the king. I don't know how, why he's this helpless, but he is. And so he has to put him into the lion's den. And Daniel goes in there and uh, let's go ahead. And, I got the scriptures ready here. Let's go to the next one. So at, the la- at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to him, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue, rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Next. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you served so faithfully able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. Next verse. Then King Darius sent his message to the people of every race and nation language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is a living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heaven and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Amen. Amen. So because of Daniel's faithfulness to God, he is thrown into the lion's den. And we all know the story, but it just feels really good to read it again one more time. That God was faithful to Daniel in that moment. That God did not let Daniel die. God did not let Daniel be devoured by lions. And this is just a really, really amazing story. And honestly, the point here is very obvious and broad, but sometimes I think that we, 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 uh, shy away from this maybe you know we 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 just have lack of faith sometimes but the point i want to make to you this morning is this is that these stories that we read in the bible are not just stories in the bible how many of you know that god is still shutting the mouths of lions today how many of you know that god is still looking out for his people today that god still does miracles today that god is still faithful even today that even today in our lives when we are facing temptations maybe you've got things in your life where you've got people that are conspiring uh, conspiring against you You've got people that are talking behind your back. You've got people that are trying to get you put in situations of the lion's den. Maybe you are in a lion's den. Maybe you're in a hopeless situation. Maybe you're in a situation where your bank account doesn't look too good or the doctor's report does not look too good or your family situation at home is not too good or whatever it is. We we sang about a multitude of things this morning. And I believe, and I hope you do too this morning, that we have a God who will shut the mouths of lions and we have a God who is faithful. He is faithful to deliver us from whatever circumstance and situation we are in that he can do it he can do it i don't know about you all this morning but we were singing that song there's something within me there's this there's this doubt there's this there's this little bit of squirming that goes in within me when we're singing the song about how he can do it you know it's that it's that doubt and jesus says oh ye of little faith 
O ye of little faith. But I am here this morning to proclaim to you that we have a God who not just can do it, but will do it. He will deliver you from that addiction. He will deliver you from that family trouble. He will deliver you from your medical issue. He will deliver you from your financial situation. He will deliver you. In the same way that he delivered Daniel, he made a way where there was no way. He made a way. Daniel was in this situation. He was completely innocent. He was put in this situation, not of his own accord. Others had conspired to put him there. Others had really betrayed him. I'm sure he thought of them as his coworkers or friends, right? They betrayed him. And they put him in this hole. But God met him there. God met him in the moment where he was probably going into that hole. And you guys probably feel the exact same way. I know I have too. When you're in a situation where you feel like you're in the hole. I guarantee you that Daniel wasn't so hunky-dory whenever he was in that hole. When that door first shut, he was probably like, God... Help me, you know, right? We all have those little doubts sometimes. We all have that squirming in us that, 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 that we just feel like, God, are you actually going to do this, right? And maybe you're in that place. Maybe you're in that place of doubt. Never fear. God will deliver you. I love what Darius says here at the end. Honestly, somebody should like write this into a song or whatever. But he says this here. For he is the living God. And he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. And his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. He rescues and saves his people. Amen? Amen. He rescues and saves his people. I don't know who this is for this morning, but I felt very strongly this was, everything else I've preached up to this point is kind of just some fluff. I felt very strongly this was the message that needed to be preached this morning. That if you are in the hole right now, do not fear. Because God saves and rescues his people. He is there with you and he is there for you. And the morning will come and that den will open up and you will not be touched. Amen. Amen. I believe it. I believe that we have a God who saves and rescues his people. Because that is what he has done then and he does it for us now. I just love the way the Holy Spirit lines these things up because that song that Jesse picked for this morning was a brand new song. Never even heard it before. But man, it goes right along with what we're preaching this morning, right? That he is a wonder-working God, a miracle-working God, that he still, he still shuts the mouths of lions. He still performs the miracles, and he can do it in your life, and he can do it in my life, and he can do it in our life collectively as a church. Amen. We have seen many, many, we've seen the wonders of God. He's singing that song. We've seen the wonders of God. We've seen these things happen. And he can and will do it again. Amen. 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 The cool thing about this as well is, is, is as we kind of transition into, into communion, this, this story that Daniel, of what Daniel is going through, has striking similarities to the story of Jesus. Daniel refused to obey the orders of the empire. And he was innocently condemned. Jesus Christ refused to obey the the rules and regulations of that day. And he was innocently condemned. Both Daniel and Jesus were sentenced to a dark pit, to a hole. Jesus to a tomb, Daniel to a lion's den, right? They were both sentenced to basically 
a, a death sentence, right? They were both sentenced to be killed innocently, right? And what happened with Jesus? The same thing that happened with Daniel. And this is where we just really get into the theology of what communion means and, and, and just the sacrifice of what happens with Jesus and whatnot. But Jesus went into the pit. He went into the tomb. And he laid there for three days. And what happened? When, when, when King Darius opened up the tomb, was Daniel dead? No. What happened when Jesus' tomb rolled away? He walked out victorious. He walked out full of life. He walked out full of the resurrection power of God. And this morning, I just want to emphasize this because this is the God that we serve. This is who He is. He is the God, as we sang this morning, who raises the dead. He is the God who brings life from death. He is the God who shuts the mouths of lions, but also raises the King of kings and the wars of war from the death so that you and I, vicariously through the power, the body, the blood, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Christ have eternal life. Amen. We have the eternal life of God. And so this story of Daniel, although it happened several thousand years ago, is not just a story that we hear about, but it is a very vast similarity to what has happened through Jesus. And in and through Jesus, you and I are saved. Amen? Amen. You and I are saved. We can experience this life and this power of God. How, do, how can I stand here this morning uh, all in the, the loud way that I, you know, oh, just excited, all this kind of stuff. How can I talk like this, right? It, it would be one thing if Jesus was never resurrected, this story about Daniel means nothing. But because Jesus is resurrected, the same power that opened up the tomb for Daniel and shut the mouths of the lions is now available to us because we have received the victory of Jesus Christ. We received the victory of Jesus Christ. And now that life, the Bible says, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you. The same power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, and if I might add to the scripture, the same power that shut the mouths of the lions, the same power that split the Red Sea, the same power uh, that, that provided a way for the children of Israel in the wilderness, the same power that we read about in the Word is available to us here and now to empower us to go out and live the life that Jesus called us to live. And not just to empower us, though, to give us hope, man, to give us hope. How many of you know this world, the way that it is right now, is not all that there will be? It is not all that there will be, amen? I mean, that's, if, you're not, if you need something to be happy about this morning, this is not all that there is going to be. The Bible says that he is going to make all things new. All things new. That everything will come under the lordship of Jesus Christ, and he will make all things new. What an amazing day that will be. But until then... You and I, we get to taste and see that goodness of God, even now, through salvation. We get to taste and see the goodness of God, even right now, through the communion, through the gathering of believers, through the worship, the praise and worship, through the word, right? We get to see his goodness, and we get to taste and see. It's kind of like whenever you, you, know, you walk into the buffet and you kind of just smell, you can smell it coming, right? You can, you can, you can get a little, little bit of a taste beforehand, right? Or you go to a place and they give you a little sample of the ice cream before you get it, right? I'm joking around, just making sure you guys are still awake. We get to taste and see this goodness that God showed to Daniel, but that he has shown through Jesus Christ. And, and you might say, well, how can we be so confident in this? In life, oftentimes we're striving. We're striving to just make our lives better and to continue to, to go. We're striving for more and more wins, Right? We're not striving for victory. We're working from victory. 
Jesus has already won the victory. He's already won the victory. What does the Bible say? Exodus 14, 14. The Lord himself will fight your battle. You just need to stay calm. That's what happens. We are fighting from the victory, from what Jesus has done for us. That power lives in us. And now we can go out and we can live. And it comes full circle, right? Because the power of God that is in us now empowers us to what? To live a life like Daniel. To live a life of righteousness. To live a life of holiness. To live a life of good character in our world. To live a life where we don't bow to idols. We don't bow to those things that are are striving for our attention, right? We live a life of character for God because God is in us. And His Spirit is drawing us and, 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 and showing us where we ought to go. Amen? Amen. With that being said, I'm going to ask the band if they'll come back up and, and uh, if we, we can pass the communion around.